Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. here and we're live and we are feeling all the vibrations of the current time and uh, rotation of the planet it is so great to be alive it's so great to be here it's so great to be talking to be feeling to be sweating so sweaty so completely sweaty my ac is off because i want to give you the best sound quality there is and this is the way that we do it yes there are no background distractions no noises no things that i need to go back and edit out it's just great to be finally free of the noise the sound of the universe expanding which is not what you hear here uh i mean you you probably do hear it here if you just turn the volume all the way it's that that, that in the background but we're not here to talk about the background uh, uh noise of the universe or expansion or uh, the, the 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 echo of the big bang um we're here uh because i i am here i am back i'm alive we have a great great new lineup of episodes that i have been working on i took a month off actually i took um a good month off uh and uh, with that i haven't watched any um political news um a late night uh uh politically motivated youtube channels and it's been like almost a month and a half now and wow do i feel the difference i've even avoided conversations about politics and current events with people all around me all around the world or at least around where i work constantly so it's uh it's been good. It's been great. I I I am I'm I'm so excited to to feel this <laughs> feeling that I haven't felt in, in a long time, and I'm really happy I get to share it and uh, put the other put that put that energy uh, elsewhere in, in a different direction. Um, and it's 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 great. Uh, I I have some other great news. Um, I am I'm, I'm I'm moving uh, work locations to a different location, and I am excited because it's going to give me more flexibility, more money, and uh, more time to uh, focus on on this, on my my uh, my ongoing therapy for the masses. Uh, so I, I'm I'm really happy uh, to be here to be doing all this. I'm grateful. Uh, I'm an awesome episode coming up right now uh i reached out to an old friend because I, i've been telling everybody if you, if you feel down you feel bad whatever reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while it will change your life or not change anything so reach out to someone else i don't so i reached out to somebody old friend of mine uh from elementary high school years and uh, we we reconnected instantly 
Uh, it, it's my pleasure. It's my honor to introduce you to him. Uh, he is a uh, an up and coming uh, comic. He is <laughs> just a ball of of light and energy that we can all use in our lives. His name is Christopher Austin White. And just just to to paint the picture here, we decided to jump into a conversation about coping mechanisms. Uh, negative and positive. And the conversation went on for hours. I'm telling you, hours. So I have it broken down into two to three episodes. Uh, first episode, kind of talking about, you know, a negative coping uh, skills and how we relate to them. Awesome talk, awesome experience. I really hope you enjoy. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please email me at afthepodcast at gmail.com. I'm always listening. I always love responding thank you for those of you who reached out during my break yes i'm alive but you already know this because i already told you so thank you again i got a whole bunch of episodes coming up uh i will stagger them accordingly to my work schedule and uh yeah we'll touch base in a couple minutes love you good night here we go Thank you.
still sounding very fucking good. I've I've come very far in my playing abilities. I can play uh, the C chord uh, on a piano because it's it has a C on it, so it makes it very easy for me to play it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy. Uh, uh, where, where, where are you living right now? Sorry, I'm in uh, Marlton. Can I ask how much you're paying for rent? Um, well, I'm not paying rent, but like over 1500 bucks. God damn it. I live in a room. It's this big. I have a detached bathroom and a walk-in closet of a uh, kitchen. And it's like $600 a month. But the kicker is the building was built in 1826 and it's fallen apart. It's also a historic national landmark. Not national, uh, whatever for the town, or whatever. So, so you can't you can't fix anything because the permits and then the money. It's just it's ridiculous. So it's literally falling into the ground, and I I love it. I just love I love watching it happen in real time. It's very uh, it, that's a good coping mechanism, actually. You know? Oh, speaking of coping mechanisms, I'm just going to segue into coping mechanisms. How do you feel about that? You good? good? All right. Let's do it. Hell, man. Shit. Ah, hold on. I got by my nose. I can't be all jingly jangly. All right. We'll do one more segue because that was all mucusy. Set me up. What's going on? How's your day going? Um, pretty good. I, uh, rode my bike to church for the first time ever. It was a great experience. Hello, how far is the church? It was 4.8 miles, so I, I really wanted, I really wanted Jesus. I wanted <laughs> Jesus in my life, and I rode 4.8 miles to go say hi to Jesus. Dude, I'm a psychologist. Uh, I ride everywhere. Uh, I, I... It's my meditation. It's my workout. I'm about to go do it after this, and it's like, it's like, it's like riding in a uh, in a sauna today. It's it's very thick and nasty. But how it makes me feel afterwards, like how Jesus makes you feel, it's like it's it's <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's invigorating, you know. And you know what? Actually, biking's a good coping skill. Do you? You want to talk about coping skills real quick? Yeah, can I actually talk about biking though a little bit about the what? Yeah, um, I I actually that's what I I use biking for coping just for the fact that like there's like a man in my head that I'm like trying to fight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm I'm not the skinniest person, and like you know what I mean? Like every time I try to do physical activity, there's someone in my head saying I shouldn't do it. It hurts and. You know, there's way better things to do, but it just, you know what I mean? Like, it gets it gets uh, my executive function, like, running, you know what I mean? It's Hell like, yeah! It's like, Hell it's like yeah. kicks, yeah, like, I can't, Dude. I I actually go and bike or try to exercise before, like, major decisions because it helps me think better. Wow, so we are way ahead of where I wanted to be in this conversation, but just to piggyback on what you're saying... Um, I ride a bike to work in the morning and it's, uh, to paint a picture, it's like 5.30 AM 
it's not it's not it's like a two mile bike ride uh but that bike ride in that early in the morning it's still dark out a little brisk it's like a cup of coffee so by the time i get to work i don't need caffeine i'm awake i'm ready to go i'm already alert i've already almost been hit twice by people driving erratic at 6 a.m so I'm like, I'm ready to go. And it, it's, it's puts me, it gets the endorphins going, the blood pumping. I'm in a good mood. And, you know, the only downside is after work, you have to ride back home. And now it's hot, it's muggy, it's uphill. And it's like, God damn it. But you know, the morning's good, so. <coughs> Uncomfortable pause. Over. So coping skills. Um. Let's let's talk about some coping skills. First, let's let's paint a real easy picture. What is coping? And what are coping mechanisms? Uh, what does it look like? How can we explain it? I found this really awesome article on berkeleywellbeing.com. Uh, coping mechanism definition examples and types. This is by I'm not going to read that person's name because I'm going to butcher it, but let me tell you, it's a very smart-looking name. And they are an MA. And this is also reviewed by another PhD MA. So, it uh, and both names I cannot pronounce. So I'm not going to, but I will link this in the description uh, for anybody that wants to read it. It's a very easy read. And uh, you know what? I, I, I picked this because uh, it's a little family-oriented. You'll see in a second. But it's, it's just very easy to understand. So what are coping coping mechanisms? Uh, life can often mirror a movie. Maybe not in the sense that we are surrounded by a camera crew documenting our every move, a stylist ensuring that we are always dressed for the occasion, or writers and directors telling us what to do next. Although, wouldn't that be nice? But just like the movies that have their conflicts and climaxes, life also hands us a fair share of highs and lows. Learning how to effectively handle difficult moments in our lives is a healthy is what healthy coping is all about. So, what is a coping mechanism? And here's the definition. <clears throat> While many of us may be new to the concept of coping, it may be helpful to discuss the psychological definition of coping mechanisms. Coping mechanisms are cognitive and behavioral approaches that we use to manage internal and external stressors. So let's break that down. Stressors that lead to coping. Not all stress is created the same. While stress can generally include a physical and emotional reaction that we have in response to a challenging or to a challenge or a stressor, where our stressors come from may differ, the two primary types of stressors are internal and external. Now, internal, we all feel. Actually, we'll feel all of these. So an internal would be such as a feel of failure, insecurities, negative self-talk, uh, creating unrealistic expectations, and perfectionism. And a list of a couple external uh, stressors uh, would be like uh, losing a loved one, being laid off from your job, an upcoming exam or presentation, learning that you have an illness or a car accident. So approaches used to cope. The mechanisms we use to cope may be called approaches, may be called approaches or techniques of how we implement our coping skills. Typically, we utilize cognitive and behavioral approaches to cope. 
So let's talk about cognitive approaches. I like that word, cognitive. I use it, I think, in every episode. Uh, mm -hmm. Makes me sound smart. You know, cognitive dissonance is my favorite word. There we go. There's, there's my one per episode. Cognitive dissonance. I'm just gonna throw it in there already. No context. All right. So cognitive approaches to coping uh, relate to our thinking. It's easy for us to give uh, into negative self-talk in a situation like this. Perhaps you catch yourself saying, I'm a horrible parent. This only makes you feel worse than you may already be feeling. Instead, you may want to try some positive self-talk, as in telling yourself mistakes happen, and I will do my best next time to make intentional time for my family. Forgive, forgiving yourself lets you shift the focus and the attentions instead of ruminating on what happened. So cognitive, I think of it as your brain, you know, what, what, how you are processing it internally. Mm -hmm. uh, behavioral approaches. Uh, so there, there was an example here that I, I, I kind of skipped over. Uh, so I'm even going to backtrack over the <laughs> paint a picture. And this, is, this may not relate to you and me, but I think we can still relate to it. Mm -hmm on a basic human level because I think it happened to us maybe once or twice. So let's <laughs> illustrate these approaches through an example. Perhaps you've been swamped with work and you miss your child's school play. You may have had a date circled on your calendar for months or more realistically, save the event in your phone. But maybe you had to stay late at a meeting and by the time you left work, there, wasn't, there was too much traffic to make the play. Your child is visibly upset at you after the play, and you feel disappointed in yourself for making them feel sad. Unfortunately, you can't go back in time and make the play. What might you do now to cope with this stressful event? And that's when I jumped ahead to cognitive. So <clears throat> you missed your child's play. Your kid's upset. It's Peter Pan. They were, pe they, they were Pan. Or Peter. Or Peter the Pan. And I mean, that was their shining moment. You know, and, and for a six-year-old, every moment's their shiny moment because that's the basis of their entire existence was yesterday. So it's very clear. And you want to make your kids happy. You know, I want to make my kids happy all the time. Um, so the cognitive approach, which I kind of went over real quickly, um, is you catch yourself ruminating on the thoughts, uh, negative self-talk in situations. So uh, forgiving yourself, uh, letting go of it, is, is, is usually a, a, a cognitive way to, to move on. So behavioral approaches, and this is uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory too. So behavioral approaches into coping relate to our actions. You might be thinking, okay, I forgave myself, but I still have a kid that looks up to me who is upset. Now what? Think about what you can do to make the situation better for you and your child right now. This can play out in several different ways. One example could be look like apologizing to them for missing the play and asking them what can you do to make it better or make them feel better right now and then carrying out that action they suggest. Maybe they ask you to spend time with them by getting ice cream before you go home. So just do that. And next time, seek out your supervisor in advance and make sure that you can head out of the office on time for the next play. So there's how we think, and then there's the actions we do. Those are two different levels of the coping mechanisms. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, man, I I don't want to miss any more school plays, so 
we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna work on this. All right. So, what? Speak to me. God damn it! Speak no, to me. Well, what, well, what I was gonna say is like uh, with the whole like cognitive distances or whatever. Like, um, like hopefully if the the parent is you know a moral being of you know at least trying to go be a moral person or whatever that they felt a little bit of shame in the sense that they're able to correct themselves and stuff like that and well that's know. that's true no you're right because yeah <clears throat> you have to be in the right going in the right direction to make your kid happy or at least attempting to because there could be a parent that's like you got school play cool i can't make it and just and cut you off right then and there you know like so there's a thousand different ways you can go with this um Maybe you don't even fucking have parents, and I'm sorry. You know, maybe it's foster care. I don't know. Uh, that got dark real quickly. Um, so, yeah, being in the right headspace and the right doing, trying to be in the right moral ground, I think is that's the direction this conversation is going to point to. That we're all good moral people doing, uh, as you would put it, uh, Jesus, Jesus' work, God's work. <laughs> After you went well, to church what, today, <laughs> what I would do, what I would do is, <laughs> I'd be like, "Be thankful for the roof over your head and the food on your plate." And if you want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you met my father. <laughs> I don't like Peter Pan, anyways. <laughs> All right, I'm more of an Annie. I'm more of an Annie <laughs> Pan. I just want to say it. This is how we cope with comedy. Right? <laughs> um, so let's talk about um, uh, what was like coping mechanism techniques. Uh, this isn't going to go into these the particular skills, but kind of like an outline of um, uh, you know techniques that you can use. And then we'll go into um, I have a couple lists of negative and positive uh, specific skills, which are a lot of fun to go through because. I relate to all of them. Um, So a problem-focused coping refers to an actionable way to handle a stressful situation. Much like the behavioral approach to coping we just talked about, this technique allows you to focus on tackling the problem itself. Typically, the coping technique is employed when we have control over a situation. And here are some examples. So... uh, Feeling overwhelmed with responsibilities? Try creating a schedule or to-do list. Dealing with loneliness after a breakup? Try reaching out to a close friend or some family members for social support. Struggling with work-life balances? Try talking to your employer about how to set up a more flexible schedule or healthy boundaries. Stressed about failing a class? Try delegating more hours of study time for forming a study group or, or forming a study group. Uh, feeling extra sluggish due to less nutritional diet, meeting with a nutritionist, primary care provider, for meals that are both easy and healthy to make. Now, that is a list of a couple of luxury events there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, privileged. I would say privileged. A privileged person wrote this list. <laughs> talk to your boss. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> talk to your nutritionist. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You know, let me just uh, call my nutritionist. I'm sure there's a free one in, in Auburn here. <laughs> so, um, mm. so yeah, uh, these are just, you know, so the, the idea is that this is problem-focused coping. You have a problem, and you're going to focus on coping with the the exact or the, the precise problem 
rather than uh, what we're going to get into in a little bit with negative coping skills. So you're aware of it and you're actively trying to um, just handle it and deal with it. Um, yeah, go. Feed me. Can I say something about because like I just want to backtrack a little bit because we're you were uh, we were talking about uh, sh- sh- uh, stress like inner and outer stress and I just want to say that there's always going to be stress a little bit of stress is is healthy like you know the right amount like it's actually the the kind of like in a sense like the energy that makes our brain like. Um, able to get rid of old like nerve pathways and like evolve that's into how you learn, new yeah. ones like that's how yeah. we evolve like you know i just i just wanted to of say of course that. you i i i learn through stressors or, or through certain stressful environments i also learn then uh negative coping skills around those stressful environments <laughs> <laughs> because they're easy <laughs> um we're going to get into that in one second, the, the fun part of this conversation. Um, so uh, that was um, problem-focused coping, and now we're going to go to emotional-focused coping. So emotional, emotion-focused coping is managing your internal feelings about the stressful situation. Similar to the cognitive approach we mentioned above, this technique allows us to focus on ourselves and our emotions about the situation. While we can use emotion-focused coping techniques for all types of stressors, this technique may be, become particularly helpful when we don't have control over a situation. Like, received a parking ticket? Try a quick 10-minute guided meditation to breathe through any additional stress or anger of the situation may have caused. Got into a small argument with a friend? Try journaling your feelings regarding the incident. Didn't get the job you wanted or into the college you were hoping for? Try to practice reframing the situation from a negative one to a positive one. <coughs> Sorry, I don't want to fucking flum you right now. Suffering from a loss of a loved one? Grief looks different and takes various amounts of time for all of us. Take time needed to feel the emotions that come up for you and talk about these emotions with a mental health practitioner, grief counselor, or God damn it, a fucking friend or a family member. Don't hold that shit inside. So uh, that's that's a quick rundown of some examples of problem-focused coping, emotional-focused coping. Uh, that way we have the foundations in place for the next wave of this conversation, which I think is going to be the fun part. Because I can already piggyback off of... Um, you want to start with negative uh, coping real quick? I mean, I guess I guess I can do we can do positive and negative at the same time. But uh, let me see if I can get. Oh, I lost you. Hold on. What is this? No. Oh, dead air. Hold on. Dead air. Oh, because you're on a different window. That's why. Sorry, this is my, this is my first time doing this. Um. All right. So I'm not gonna. Blah, 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 blah. That was fun. All right. So. <laughs> Let's talk about mm-hmm. negative uh, coping mechanisms real quick because uh, this has been more uh, prevalent in my life uh, for the past 30 plus years uh, than, you know, and most recent, I started, so I, a uh, little background, uh, Chris, I started therapy um, mm-hmm. a little earlier this year and I've been, I've been 
you know, talking about where I'm at in my life and how I've been reacting to things. I, I was uh, diagnosed with, with PTSD or uh, more commonly complex PTSD and uh, also a major depressive disorder. Uh, so, and these are things that I, you know, I, I never put a name to or a label on. I just, I just thought it was normal. This was the normal feeling that humans are supposed to have. And <clears throat> these were the normal ways people are supposed to react. Uh, and another quick background, and I've, I've talked about this many times on this channel. Um, the house I came from uh, was a house that no one talked about anything. Uh, we didn't have that language. We didn't know how to articulate ourselves to each other in our house. And it was every, it was like walking on eggshells everywhere. And no matter what, if anything happened in the house, you keep it inside the house and you don't tell the neighbors, God forbid, you don't tell your friends, you can't have people gossiping about you. So everything we internalized, everything we kept inside, and boy, did it make for some <laughs> fun learning experiences. Uh, how, how, was, how was your uh, your growing up? Um, did you have a household that talked? It was... No, I actually like one of the one of the sayings growing up was don't air your dirty laundry. You don't want anyone to see the dirty yep, laundry. Yep. Yep. Like you know what I mean? And like it's just uh I yeah, I'm I've recent not recently. I've been going to therapy for 5 years and diagnosed very similarly to <laughs> Um I call yeah. it the white middle class disease. <laughs> just we're all fucking suffering. Yeah. We all just know, suffer in different like, ways. Yeah, yeah. Good. The point is we we're aware of it and we can change it. Um another another mm -hmm. don't don't air your dirty laundry. I love that one. I this is the other one I, I love too because I still hear it to this day. Check your attitude at the door. Like whenever you go to work or go over to the family's house or whatever, whatever is hurting you. You stuff down inside you just to get through these couple of hours for the sake of everyone else. And then when you leave, go back to your panic attacks. I love that. I love how employers tell us to do that. Like, just check your attitude at the door. When the employers freak out all the time to their entire staff. But if you do it back to them, oh, now it's a write-up. You know, now it's an issue. So I love those kind of toxic environments where it's like, it's just the American way that that you know you know stuff it down with the brown, um, which ooh, is a great negative coping skill. Let's just, let's jump into it because I I know you you're with me on this. So <clears throat> so negative coping skills number one, and this is my favorite one: avoiding the problem. This is also called anxious avoidance. This is a very common coping strategy which relates to a person who continually avoids the situation because they are afraid. Unfortunately, the fear will be maintained and even strengthened if a person does not confront their fear despite the immediate sense of relief and avoidance. So, how, what do you, avoid, what, what do we, what are we avoiding? What do you avoid? Well, for me, I, I basically, I'm, ugh. I basically like, I'm, 
I basically avoid a lot, and I basically say basically a lot, but it's because of how it was brought up. Like there was a problem, I couldn't I couldn't solve it, and then bringing it to anyone, it was danger. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like with like how generational trauma works and all that, and like how is how our employers employ us. Like they know, like. We, we, we're a country, we're not that old of a country and how many wars have we been in? And like these people are coming, your, your, your parents are coming back from the war with trauma and they're just bringing it down right to their down kids. To the kids. And then, and then like, it's the same, like, uh, your, your employer is going to, you know, the person that's going to excel in, in a, in an employer employee, uh, relationship is like someone using, people pleasing skill you know what i mean like just to and not being themselves not i'm not saying that's for every job but like you know what i mean like look at amazon how many people they amazon uses uh is like predatory towards like uh staffing agencies who use people that just got out of prison or in na and like oh we'll pay him this much but they're basically mm-hmm. our slaves no um <laughs> I know this kind of went no, off a tangent, no, but... but like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm avoiding to the point where, like, I guess I was subservient, where I was able to get a decent job, but it was, you know, I had that cognitive dissonance. I was doing a lot of things that was going against my grain, but like, I couldn't survive if I didn't do that because I had not evolved into myself. Exactly. I have, I so I avoid asking for help. And I have avoided asking for help in so many situations. I avoid going to bosses and asking for help. I avoid going to parents asking for help. I avoid going to friends and asking for help because I grew up in that in that closed house. You know, close the shutters, close the doors, no one can see inside. Mm-hmm. And that was me. And I I seriously never developed that language of how to how to ask for help, how to show your vulnerable human side and there are there are so many jobs that I avoided I avoided situations. You know, I was a server bartender for so many years and those are grueling hours. You're not paid an hourly an hourly wage. You're, you're paid uh by generosity of through tips. Um you know, service industry standards and it's you know, you are always on display. You're always have a face on because that face you have to be smiling. You have to be. You have to be happy. You have to be in a good mood because that keeps other people around you in good moods. You're crumbling on the inside, and this might be a different topic, but you're crumbling on the inside and you're hurting on the inside. That saps the energy out of your life so quickly. A real quick story: I was driving to my my last workplace um, uh, in the mountains. I've already name dropped them so many times; they got me fired. But uh, well, you know what? I I quit. All right, fuck them. Sorry, um, but you know it was a forty minute. It's a forty minute drive to work, and I'm like crying on the way to work. I'm hyperventilating. I'm I'm struggling to maintain lane. I got to pull over. I got to scream. I have to let that energy out because I'm about to go into work where I can't have that energy, and I I, I have to smile and put a face on to people that are just miserable and just want you to do whatever whatever they want for as little pay as possible. And uh, like like my current employer pays me a substandard wage, which I call a poverty wage, because it, it's there's I don't have any expenses in my life. I cut all the expenses out of my life. 
I have utilities, rent, food, and gas. And that's paycheck to paycheck for me. And it's not like I'm going out gambling or, 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 or you know, spending massive amounts or putting all that money into my savings. No, I'm not. And maybe that's, again, that's like a different topic, but I'm avoiding going to my boss and being like, how are you not embarrassed that you treat people like this? Like, how, how, are, you, how are you sitting there in your beautiful house with your beautiful wife? <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> like, how are you sitting there you know, with all your decorations around your office and I have to decide if I want to eat lunch today because that means no lunch tomorrow. Like, I don't understand that world that we, that we have allowed to happen, but here we are. Sorry, quick tangent over. Um, but that's why we're here. This is, this is a release, man. This is fucking free therapy, baby. So number one negative skill, coping. This is going to go a little bit longer than I, than I planned. I can tell already, but whatever. Um, number two, uh, smoking. Smoking is a negative coping mechanism for obvious health reasons. Although it provides an immediate sense of relief at a stressful situation, the health risks and financial implications are immense. Now, have you ever smoked? Cigarettes? Yes. Yeah. So I, dude, I don't know, man. I smoked for years. And I think I honestly only did it to fit in and to get breaks at work because it never made me feel Mm. less stressed. (laughs) And I never really, I never like wanted that sick. When I quit cigarettes, it was like that. I was just, I, I, I finished the pack and I'm like, this is kind of dumb. I, you know, I don't get cigarette breaks anymore at work, so fuck it. And I was able to stop. <clears throat> Can I tell you why, like, well, what's it called? Um, so I, I had smoked for many different reasons. Some of you brought up, but especially the break. I was um, a union pipe fitter for 10 years, and I had quit. I had already quit smoking, and then I took a job at a refinery, and literally it's like working inside a whole nother world like you're in clothes like where you're like fully suited up you're you're wearing ear protection and like it's just you're like the smells are different it's really noisy and everything um it's um extremely overstimulating for me and i had to do it for hours because they weren't like a regular eight hour job it was like 10 or 12 hour yeah because they're doing shutdowns and they're like, well, if you smoke, there's this pen out here. You, can, you know, every other hour you can go and spend 15 minutes sucking down a cigarette. And I'm like, well, I'm already sucking down a bunch of Coke and, <laughs> and, and asbestos, the cold Coke, yeah, but you know, not well. that Coke. <laughs> and like, might as well. It's already two of the ingredients. <laughs> Just add some uh, <laughs> formaldehyde in there. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, it was really just a break. And, you know, they, you know, a break from life. No, it's, and so, and, you know, uh, and this has been proven time and time again. Uh, The cigarette companies found that. They found that that need and that that coping hole to fill for people. And they they, they sold you on it. They sold you on it and they, they got, they got America addicted, basically. Or, you know, the world. I won't say America, but the American smoking campaign was aggressive. And it worked, man. Uh, but now I'm I'm happy to be off. Uh, you said you had quit too, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So you, dude, Congrats. it's it's 
I I am I'm getting older, so I am still losing my sense of smell and taste. But uh, it it was wonderful to get it all back fully. And uh, and bike riding, you can't smoke cigarettes and be a full time bike rider. It's just it's impossible. Uh, so if it if it stops you from doing the things I like, then I stop doing it. Um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. What were you gonna say? If you if you see if you see a bike rider smoking a cigarette. He's yeah, got a DUI. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Yep. He's definitely not doing the marathon. I'm kidding. I'm joking. We're joking, but we're also serious because uh, it's like 95% of them smoking on their bikes did lose their license. Um, and we'll get into that in a different episode, how unfair DUI drivers get punished. But that's not besides the point. Um, so number three is compulsive spending. Oh, I love this one. If you are continually buying things that help you relieve stress, then you are only making things worse in the long run. People start to hide their purchases from their parents. They turn credit cards to fulfill their spending, and it can create huge financial burden for the family. So um, I have experienced this on a personal level through my family. Um, It is a coping mechanism that some of my family members do use, and it's... You know, it's always the same useless fucking shit. Like so many clothes, and I'm not saying buying shit is bad. Um, if, if you know, if it if it's an item and a material that really brings joy and use into your life, then of course fucking buy it. But if you're buying things because eh, you're bored and you think you kind of you know like or you know it just makes you feel happy, it releases those endorphins and it makes you feel happier. Happier. It's a drug. It's a drug at that point. You know, I'm. Um, once I moved to New York, actually it's happened in Florida too. Uh, you know, sold the big, sold the bigger apartment, got into a small apartment, sold the couch, sold all the shit that I, you know, we were working so much we were never home. So we got rid of all the shit in the home that we didn't need. Downsized, became kind of like minimalist in the sense that nothing new was coming in, and when new stuff did come in, it came from like thrift stores and it was it was cheaply made or cheaply bought. And um, it's, you know, like, I like my stuff, but it can all go away in a fire tonight. And as long as I'm alive and I still wrap clothes on my back, I'm okay. You know, I'm not going to, like, break down over these these possessions because they don't break down over me when I get sick. So, fuck them. Am I right? Like, fucking motherfucker. Are you a compulsive spender? What do you buy? Yeah. Well... um i buy i i buy musical instruments and tools not so much tools anymore but yeah i always feel like you need the right tool for the job same kind of concept with music but i already know it's kind of more of the the work you put into it you know the the, you know the operator (laughs) of um What's it? Compulsive spending? Like it was like s- something that was modeled for me, like from day one. Like my dad would literally buy things out of, um, like out of his price range, where I would directly be affected by the amount of neglect. <laughs> because, like you know, yep. you're supposed to be, you know, paying, not you know, supporting your 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 children, not like buying new trucks and stuff like that. <laughs> No, and, but but seriously, that. Uh, sorry, I, I'm going to keep cutting you off. No, that's it. Like, there's no like, there's no more to that. 
No, but uh, you're 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 so. We talked about this uh, a little bit earlier. Being on the right moral ground, mm-hmm. um, you know, wanting to provide the best for your family uh, and for yourself. You can be completely ignorant to that because you've been coping negatively coping so long uh, that you're just wired that way. You're mm-hmm. wired to like, I need. I need the newest, fanciest phone, even though the old phone works perfectly fine. And, you know, it's this or fresh fruit for the week. Well, I guess I don't need any fucking fresh fruit for the week. So It's not the apple I always, want. <laughs> yeah, right. It ain't the apple I'm going to No, but seriously, it's, it's so <clears throat> compulsive spending can have great consequences, not just to yourself. Uh, like I live alone. I'm single right now. But if you live with people and a family, it can be so crushing to that family. Um, it's and, and like I said, uh, I, I have experience uh, without getting into too uh, much detail. Um, there was a compulsive spender in my family, and uh, there were there were violent, verbally violent fights about money and where it was and how it wasn't accounted for, and like things were broken in the house. I would stay up late just hearing the shouting. I have I have memories of just shouting, you know, shouting, slamming doors, crying, and never know and I was so young, I didn't know why or what. And there was nothing I felt powerless. And my, my therapist says my inner child now comes out every time someone gets loud with me or dis- disappointed with me. Like if a boss gets loud or whatever, or someone a customer gets loud. Or if something gets allowed at the grocery store, I go into fight or flight panic mode and I take it all personally. <clears throat> and God, people are just angry and it's not my fault. So uh, there's my quick takeaway with that. It's not your fault. Unless it is your fault, in which case, eh, it's fucking whatever. Gonna, it, money comes back. Or, or it doesn't and whatever, you know, capitalism. Huh? So uh, moving on from compulsive spending. And this is this hits me sometimes, uh, and this I'll just get into it. Number four, drinking too much caffeine. As with smoking, you get an immediate hit when you drink a cup of coffee. That will help you cope with the stress, but drinking too much can cause long-term problems. You can come be- you can come dependent on caffeine, have caffeine crashes, and suffer from lack of sleep. I just showed you what I was drinking. Yes. If I drink caffeine past a certain point of the day now, I am up all night. And that becomes a stressful event in in, in itself because I have to get up early the next day. But I, I'm at work and I get a little tired and I convince myself I need more I need more caffeine to keep myself going. And we there's always a little crash, especially after lunch or you know, during that, that quiet time of 9 a.m. when you've been there for a couple hours and you start to get a little, like, you know, you know, naughty. But I've also learned if I fight through that, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I usually get, like, a second win and I feel fine the rest of the day. <clears throat> uh, or if I have a, a deadline for a particular project I'm working on, uh, I, I, build, uh, I build panel boxes for electrical uh, equipment. Uh, and they have to be out, you know, they're already pre, pre-bought, so I'm just building them and we're shipping them. So they have they have uh, due dates, they have due times. And if I start getting on the lower end, I, I, I'm like, you know, that stress starts building up in me. I'm like, all right, cool. 
Maybe just drink some coffee. I'll go real fast, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking shit up along the way, taking more time for me to fix it when it gets tested. And, you know, blah, 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 more stress because my now, the, now my boss is like, hey, you fucked this up. You fucked this up, you know? You know, instead of trying to make the situation better, they, they, they marginalize you and make you feel dumb. <clears throat> so, you know, uh, drinking too much caffeine. I... I you're drinking caffeine right now, are you? No, but I can relate. I'm just drinking water, flavored water. Oh, it has the meat. Flavored water it actually has mio in it, but not the um, not the caffeinated. Not, not the energy. No. Yeah, it's like I'm drinking flavored water with tequila. <laughs> but no, I, I I can completely relate. You know, with um, I I, I drink Red Bull all the time, and I just think it's like kind of like a. It's kind of like a societal thing in the sense like that um, yeah. we um it's built into like you have to work hard at work, you know what I mean? You can't the amount of energy that you already have isn't enough. Like you you should <laughs> you should ramp it up. Like you only have so many hours in the day and I'm like, Well you only have so many dollars in your wallet to pay me. So <laughs> But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and no overtime until winter hits so uh you know you have to get it done now in your in your slotted time so yeah uh, caffeine uh although it's a beautiful thing um it can be it can become not only an addiction but it's it's totally a coping mechanism uh number five is escaping if you're faced with with anxiety producing situation you immediately escape from it your body will feel instantly relieved so when you encounter that situation again, your mind will recall that good feeling of escaping you gave, and instead of remaining in the situation, you leave. However, by not remaining in the specific panic-producing situation for long enough, you will never realize the anxiety will naturally subside on its own. Now, this kind of ties in with um, uh, avoidance, because uh, once once you escape, then it then the avoidance kicks in. So <clears throat> this is kind of on the same level. But um, what's that? What's it called? Uh, when you cancel at the last moment, uh, cancel at the uh, camo, whatever they call it, um, or like joy of canceling uh, is one of those like it's like FOMO or mm-hmm. like YOLO. So there's the joy of canceling the last minute, I think, is one of them. Uh, well, people, yeah, they get a, they get a high from it. They get a high from like, have you ever made plans with friends to meet up and do something? And it's all going swimmingly well. And then the day of, it's like you give an excuse why you can't do it or they give an excuse why you can't do it. And like, like kind of like last night, uh, we wanted to do a, a quick little um, uh, uh, equipment test. And I knew I was going to get back a little bit later. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm going to, you know, that was kind of in the back of my head stressing me out. So I negatively coped and I canceled on you. I was like, you know what? We'll just do it tomorrow. Which I think worked out yeah. anyway, but the same, the same mental, uh, the same mental work is 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 at play. Now the difference is, usually in my past life, or my past self, I would just, I would just ghost you till today. Uh, you know, oh I'm sorry, my phone died, or I, I passed out, whatever my excuse would be, and I would avoid talking to you, and I would avoid the interaction just so I can feel better at that moment. But then the next day, I had the anxiety coming up, and I'd be like, oh my God, I, I canceled on, on them last night. 
Are they going to be upset and whatever? And then I avoid that situation. So it's like a snowball effect of isolating uh, mechanics at work here. Um, <clears throat> you're an escapist. I've seen you escape rooms before. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry. No, I agree with you, but I'm like, when did you see me escape? But yeah, I, I yeah. Weren't you in jail a couple of days ago? <laughs> no, um, that, that was my uncle. No, that, no. I just want to let you know that when you canceled last night, it, like, it ruined my night. I, I cried for hours. Um, See? This is why no, I No, I'm kidding. No, people. no. It was perfect. No, I, I just... We didn't really need yesterday. I just did it to... Wanted to... From... Ugh. For my anxieties to uh, see, make sure everything was right, but like, yeah, it wasn't a big deal or anything. I didn't even realize that you were like avoiding, like you know what I mean, like what you just said. Like I didn't. No, I mean like like so, it it made sense. That's why I communicated yeah. it with you, because again, my usual go to is I'd have these thoughts already, and then I would ghost. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell you how many friends I have, friends, and you guys know who you fucking are. I'm not going to name anybody, but I love you all. Um, that, you know, you get plans, you get something in motion and, and in play, and then it's radio silence for like a week. A week. And then like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. I, you know, I, I didn't see this conver- I didn't see that message or my phone was turned off. And then a week goes by, and then they address the situation. That's avoidance, and that's escaping. And that's not... We need to... Uh, I had another episode previously about um, accurately communicating and and self advocation. You need to speak up for yourself. You need to you need to explain how you're feeling because that will that will build up and bottle up inside you. And like what happened with my ex partner, I turned into like a fucking weird control freak and an angry, explosive control freak. Like, my father came right inside me and popped out and used my body and limbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was it was a person I never was. But, like, I lost control to that anger. It was insane. I haven't had an episode lately uh, just because of all the work I've been doing. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, escaping. It's, it's, that's, I think, the most, that and caffeine so far are just the most, cultural the ones ingrained into our society it's just like oh just just run away just just forget it just just go away just just you know just get it out of your line of sight out of out of sight out of mind right mm-hmm. uh that old uh earth science fucking saying uh who do we have for earth science what the fuck was his name mr ritter mr ritter there yeah i hope he's doing good but um yeah out of sight out of mind dude and that that stuck with me for so many years and it's not just for fucking pollution and you know, water usage. <laughs> it's for everything, man. At a site like health problems, man. You avoid your health. You avoid, you know, your your pains and your aches like all white men do after 50. Guess what, man? It's serious and it leads to death. It's like we avoid, we avoid so much, especially when it comes to like long-term, slow-evolving, like smoking, for example, back to piggyback on that. You know this is poison. You know, but you know it's only going to affect you 20 years from now, luckily or hopefully. You avoid that reality, you know, and you're using the cigarette to escape the stress of the moment. So 
these are all kind of tying in together, which, um, which again, everything in our lives, everything that we do, everything behavioral and cognitive is all connected. Nothing is is isolated. You can't say me me doing this here and them doing this here do not affect each other or me in any way. Everything that we do is a web of experiences and consciousness. Kind of like everything and everywhere all at once. Awesome movie. Check it out. I give it two thumbs up. Three if I had one. Another one. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Review coming soon. Stay tuned. Um, so uh, that was number five, escaping. Uh, number six, um, I had a problem with uh, for a while. Um, binge drinking. And again, this is another kind of like, these are all, I feel like, escape techniques. Mm-hmm. Uh, binge drinking, uh, using alcohol to decrease stress is very common as drinking to excess numbs your situation. There are many health implications, however, associated with drinking too much. By drinking to excess, you are essentially avoiding your situation. So, yes, uh, that goes, you know, yes. Um, I would come home from work, and especially when I was living in Florida, uh, we'd all go to the bar after work. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we'd all work together. And then at, from our restaurant, go to a different restaurant. And all that money we made, we'd spend on alcohol that night and just get fucking blackout, plastered drunk. And that was the norm. And, like, I, I look back at my life in Florida, like, through rose-tinted glasses now, as, like, oh, it was a wonderful experience. I, I should move back there. But I forget that I was avoiding all my issues the entire time I was living there and it's so beautiful and warm Florida's like a big warm blanket it just just wraps around you and you feel good all the time you know it, moving up north it, it was fucking it was like when winter hit me dude it was like a fucking avalanche hit me mm-hmm. where all my problems I'm now stuck you know even when the pandemic happened and I, you know we were sent home from work and I was isolated uh, with my partner in our little room. And that's, I want to say the pandemic helped spark all my internal problems to the surface that I could actually uh, look at them and, and realize them because dude, for a while I avoided everything. And I, I was like blissfully unaware, like that parent buying a, a new truck for himself. You're blissfully unaware of the ripple effect of that decision of that choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, binge drinking, it's it's a ripple effect, you know. It's not only is it going to hurt you down the road, but you're going to forget what you did that night or anything. That's it's. Blah, blah. Well, what's it called? What the thing with the drinking is like I, we. I know like we're, we've gone gone over a bunch of different um, coping mechanisms, but it's basically those these coping mechanisms are being used so we can continue with the cognitive dissonance because. If we were yes. our true selves, we wouldn't be going down the path we are going with the negative coping. And when you introduce like these hardcore drugs, like yeah, alcohol is a hardcore drug. You know what I mean? Like it's socially they're all yes, yeah. Yes, but yes. We, we're, we don't need to get into that. It's it does its job. You know, it literally numbs out everything, so you can just yeah, kind of feel relaxed and have a feel like you're having a good time and. Sometimes I mean, it's good, you know, every once in a while, but like, of course, when you're yeah, I, 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 doing it to cope because you're not liking how things are going, it's going to just go worse because it, it numbs out so much. So much. Um, I still drink to this day. 
Me, um, me too. <laughs> uh, I I do consider myself in like a in like a particular weird form of recovery because I I can drink today, but I don't have to drink tonight, tomorrow. I don't have to drink every day. I I drink when I want to, and um you know that little sense of control. And and I've been told this time and time again, like, but you should avoid everything. But Again, that's a conversation for a different topic, for mm-hmm. a different time. We're all individual, unique snowflakes. Uh, choose your pill. I want. Can I, I need to say something to what you're just saying. Is like I went to NA for better part of four years, and the best thing I've ever gotten from them is take what you need and leave the rest. That's all. Like when you're doing yeah. your recovery, yeah. take what you need and leave the rest. If something doesn't go with what you're doing, then just don't do it. But like. You know, just take what you need and leave the rest. Exactly. So, like, I, I, I do a lot of the twelve steps in in my in my recovery to this day. I just don't do it in that particular order. And there's a couple steps I omit. Um, but the spiritual awakening, uh, the coming to terms with your reality, the 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 list of people you've you've hurt, you know, and then apologizing and then trying to rekindle those experiences and relationships uh, when when it makes sense and when it doesn't hurt anybody else. I am all about that. And that has helped me tremendously in my life, especially reaching out to old friends, uh, you know, like, like even you, Chris, and, and reaching out to old family members and loved ones. Like seriously, but seriously, um, you know, even though I don't think we were ever in a traumatic event together. Uh, no. I do have a lot of friends that I have been in traumatic events and I didn't know the effect it had on them. Because I brushed it off and I numbed it down for so many years, I neglected how it made them feel. And when I eventually got to catch back up with these friends years later, they still had that trauma and they still were on edge when I would talk to them. And I had, I you know, I, I had to take you know the hard pill to swallow, which was I had to stop talking to this person because I'm doing more damage than good because they're just they're always fucking on edge around me because like they're afraid at any moment it's going to go back to that traumatic event for them. It's PTSD, like, like perfectly explained and it sucks. I have apologized to everyone that, you know, almost everyone. I got a couple more. I I have a couple letters I'm going to read. It just terrifies me still. Um, but, uh, these are the healing steps that you can take. So, uh, that quick tangent on, uh, you know, take what you need, leave the rest. Um, because I found a lot of toxic, you know, actions in NA and AA. I found a lot of hypocrisy uh, within the community, not necessarily the teachings or the book or whatever. But it ended up being, it just, I, it ended up like, like I ended up avoiding it and not wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a new path. Um, in, in a, a new direction to go. And that was using therapy and using, you know, my therapist is really into spiritual healing and the actions and stuff we go through. The techniques are phenomenal. It's tied in with meditation and yoga and exercise. It's just, it's not just someone talking to me. And, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's an actual uh, step-by-step process of releasing all the inside uh, trauma. And it's, it's been wonderful. I, therapy all the fucking way um it's getting cheaper slowly um i I know therapy is a luxury um i don't have 
money for therapy. So I have to work an extra two jobs just so I get that money for my therapy. I DoorDash and Grubhub on top of my, uh, my, my morning job. So I'm every day I'm working for at least a couple hours, which sucks, but I know I have to do that right now to get through this so I can get better opportunities, like a, like a better job uh, and a, a brighter future. So yeah, things can be down and sour now. Uh, you just have to, okay, we'll, we'll get into positive coping mechanisms yeah. in one minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you good on time? How you feel? Yeah, I just want to say something that that's amazing that like, um, that you're, uh, you're taking the time to do like extra work to, um, to go to therapy. And like, I just feel like the fact that you have to do that makes yourself more extra available to the help because you fucking want it. And I think that's amazing. It's not only that. And thank you. Thank you. Uh, I also have to start taking um, appreciation when it's, you know, I, I, I usually like, no, fuck you. I'm, I'm, you know, thank you. So um, also I started to volunteer. That's another big thing about NA, uh, you know, give back. Mm-hmm. You, know, what, you, you want to keep what you have, uh, you know, give it away. Uh, so I've been volunteering with Habitat for Humanity, uh, you know, like every other like once a month or so and whenever I can. And, you know, it's just like going around the town and helping people with, um, you know, improvements on their houses, uh, stuff like that. And it's, it's, I don't get paid for it, but I know I'm helping people that need new drywall because they had a leak in their ceiling and they, they need their, their kitchen back. And I know that they can thank me all day, but the great thank, the, the great, the greatness out of that is that they get that normalcy back in their lives. Mm-hmm. They get that, they get something that's, that's you know, because when you look at a destroyed part of your house, it, it's, it's you know, you avoid it. It starts to eat away at you. It's like your own house has a fucking hole in the wall. Your own temple in your body and shit. So, like, <clears throat> you know, not to humble brag, but it's been an awesome fucking experience. Uh, I recommend uh, volunteering. Uh, and it's also helped me meet people. Uh, I'll get into this in a couple of minutes, but I've been very isolated since I moved to New York. I went from like an awesome support network down in Florida, uh, friends, places to hang out. I had like, I had a routine and I moved to New York and all of that, I was, I didn't think of any of that. I was like, wow, no friends, no, no real places to hang out that aren't a bar or like grocery store. <laughs> and it's, it, dude, it's taken, it's taken a fucking toll on me though, uh, which again, therapy has helped. And it's also helped me reach out more. You have to you have to reach out. You can't just sit in your home and wait for things to come to you, because nobody will come knocking. Nobody, unless they unless they you know want to give you a bill or court summons. No one's going to come knocking for you, unless they haven't heard from you and it's a wellness check. So uh, reach out and touch faith. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so that was um, binge drinking. Uh, we'll go through the next couple real quickly because I want to get into positive. Um, and it, these don't really apply to me, um, but I do know they are they are big for a lot of people. Uh, number seven is sleeping all day. Sleeping is a good way of avoiding your troubles as when you are asleep, you don't have to think about your situation. Excessive sleeping is not good for the body, however. It needs exercise and outside stimulation to remain healthy. Do you- now... 
Go. I, I want to take the reins on this because um, that is one of my was one of my negative uh, coping skills. And maybe if I wasn't sleeping all day, I was laying in bed all day. Like you know what I mean. Like it was just a way. Of, it was it's part of escaping, and just not showing up to life and everything. And it was bad. Like I was eating in bed too, and I was getting like psoriasis because of crumbs. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's <laughs> it, it's it's incredible. It's incredible the things we do to avoid situations, and. I've I've noticed this especially in the restaurant world, you know, because everyone everyone there is like you know they're all teachers and they're all working six jobs, you know, because uh, America baby and um, get out and grind, rise and grind, motherfuckers. So um, you know, the the accepted reality was I love sleep. Mm-hmm. I love when I go home I sleep, and it's so you go home they sleep and then they go to work, and that's it. You know, sleeping all day was when I was a teenager, I slept, you know, till late, but that's, you know, our circadian rhythm is all fucked up when you're a teenager. So that's acceptable and that's okay. But as an adult, I, I, I have, I have restless legs. So if I'm, if I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be twitching until I get the fuck out of bed. So Mm -hmm. it's easier for me just to get the fuck up than it is to lay down unless I'm hungover. But luckily, I don't get hung over anymore. So I should <laughs> knock on some wood. <laughs> but um, so so yeah, uh, I, I I think there's an acceptance, like drinking. There's an acceptance to sleeping, to binge watching TV, to you know, especially like like we promote binge watching TV. Netflix drops a whole series at once, and it's like. Here's 30 hours. Enjoy. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, of course, it's it's an awesome show and it's engaging. But you're avoiding, you know? Stranger things, man. Yeah, so I got to catch up on it. But I, I agree with what you're saying. And like, sometimes, like some people like myself like to sleep like... Um, you know what I mean? Like, if you have to, if you want to, like, sleep or something, maybe, like, have, like, a timer, like, a nap. You know what I mean? Like, if that is kind of, like, to, if you just want to lay down to rest yourself for a little bit, but it's also a problem, yeah. you know, set an alarm. I one time I had a therapist tell me, because this was when I was really not getting out of bed when I needed to, and we were talking about goals, and I'm like, what do I, how do I, how do I do these goals? And he like said, when I get home today, take my mattress off my bed take the sheets off. And you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to lay down on it. Like that got to that point. You know what I mean? And then awesome. So (laughs) that's That's awesome. I never even thought of that. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not at that. Like, uh, I don't have to do that anymore, but if it is like a weekend, and um, I want to be more productive, and I'm also like eyeing up my bed. I'm like, it's time I uh, go clean the sheets now. Yeah, you know <laughs> exactly. I I I give five minutes to anything else, and that five minutes evolves into ten before I know it. I'm 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 doing my daily activities or give yourself a schedule. Uh, get, I mean, sorry, that's that's positive. We'll get into positive in a second. Um, so uh, number eight. <laughs> I, I, never really had this problem either you become uh promiscuous 
Now, having many meaningless sexual encounters is one way of blotting out what is going on in your life. For as long as you are having sex with someone, you can get lost in the physical activity and does not require you to think about your current predicament. Now, I'm on Tinder, so I get to... It's it's almost like a, a game. You can see the people who are using it as an escape, you know, because uh, it says it right there in their profile and their and their sexy pictures, you know. Especially if they're if they're they make you buy it or pay for it, um, then it's you know, boom, money. Um, so I've never had that. You know, I I might have been more promiscuous in uh, Florida than I am today, but that's more. You know, I, I've been isolated up here for so long and. And it's just, I, you know, it's been really difficult for me to meet people. Um, but in Florida, it was just easy to fucking bump into people. And one thing leads to another. And you end up like, they end up like next to you in bed telling you that they, you know, they're playing the whole future with you. And you're like, what? Uh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I don't like humans. <laughs> um, so I, I can see promiscuity uh, definitely being an issue for uh, some people. Um, I think it can happen to men and women. Uh, or, or non-binary people, it, it can happen to anybody. Uh, it can also be traumatizing. I know a lot of um, asexual people who thought that being asexual was, was was wrong and would force themselves to be promiscuous. And right there, it's like you're you're not enjoying the act, but you're avoiding the reality. And uh, it's just it's incredible that that it's just the negative coping mechanisms are the easiest to go to it's just the easiest step you have to train yourself to be to be more positive it's it's because like how our our brains are wired you know what i mean like we're like taught to do these like there's these negative uh coping mechanisms where like your brain's gonna dump like one thing of dopamine like for hours and hours where like you know if we like build up if we wait, I don't know how you, like what what it's called. Like no, no, you're right. Like you're right. if you wait and you're doing something like instead of like watching Netflix where you're getting one dopamine every time you see someone wink or whatever, opposed to like getting that like those endorphins after you like rode a bike for a mile, you're gonna feel way more better after right. You know, yeah. No, no, no. Again, that's positive, and we're gonna get in that. One second, because oh, I got I got some good positive ones, even though I still do a lot of negative ones. Uh, human, not perfect. Um, so this is another one. Uh, number nine is you stop eating or start overeating. Uh, having to think about the food you are consuming can be a way of controlling what is otherwise uncontrollable in your life. Whether you are purposely not eating or overeating, it is a way of concentrating or not concentrating on your problems. Now, this can be a financial reason uh, for me sometimes, or, you know, the older you get, you start seeing, like, body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. You start seeing yourself in a different light than you never thought of, and you think, you know, like, I weigh 170 pounds, and I think I have a lot of fat parts on me. So I I do, like, intermittent fasting, where I stop eating at 8 p.m., and then the next time I eat is after 12 uh, a.m. the next day. And... You know, it, there are health benefits with that, but the reasoning I did it was kind of like crazy to, to anybody else. Because uh, you know, when I tell this story, it's like you're you're a skinny fuck, man. Like, well, you eat more, you know. And I do binge eat from time to time, especially if I, you know, on the weekends. 
I can I can eat a lot. I can pack in a lot of calories in the weekends, uh, just because I do get bored, and it's just it does bring pleasure to make food and to to taste it and swallow it. So I can see it. You know, it it's addicting, just like that caffeine or that cigarette. It's just you, the endorphins, man. You feel good, and you, you want to keep that train rolling. I don't know if you want me to go back to the promiscuousness because we <laughs> didn't say anything about it. No, drop back. It's go bad. ahead, man. No, like I was like in my head, like I don't. Yes, I don't have to talk about it. But no, like it was a really bad coping mechanism I used for years and years, dating websites and like like grinder, like all of it, like and just for like a bunch of one night stands, where it just it was re-traumatizing to be honest, like kind of with what you said, but like no, I mean, but um. um you know, I was, uh, like, repeating, like, a kind of a pattern that happened, and then it just, it felt good in the moment, and then I always, they were always, I, you know, there are probably some pe- healthy people that have one-night stands and that are healthy, and, you know, but, yes, like... it can yeah, happen. I want to say there's a huge percentage of them that are not, and those were probably the ones that I were, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just no, always... No, and then... And then you just end up with like then sometimes people catch feelings and you're you don't want to even be in a you know it's it wasn't even for like a relationship or anything like that but um I don't know I no but then you avoid those feelings you know yeah then you avoid those people then you escape that situation you know but, especially when you care what was it uh, overeating or stop eating uh, I know a lot of people don't eat. Uh, like I just said, because of body image. So uh, I never attached it to um, an external stressor. It was always an internal stressor, which my eating habits have been formed. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older now, I've, I've gotten way better with uh, no fast food. Um, I eat uh, vegetables and fruits weekly now, not just like once in a while. Uh, I've, I've, I've incorporated a much more a healthier diet. I still have my, I still have my, you know, my, my unhealthy thing. I still have pizza and, and binge and stuff, you know, every once in a while. But in my head, I am allowed that. I give myself the allowance of that because throughout the week, I exercise, I eat, I eat proper, I eat healthier, and I have felt better. Uh, I have had felt better. I have felt better from it, especially getting mm. uh, the right nutrients and. Uh, you know, the, the, my bowel movements are on, they're on fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm getting that age now, you know, it's like, yeah, whoa. They're, they're all S's for satisfactory. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I have them timed out too perfect. It's like a science, dude. It's fucking, if I don't eat, I know when I'm going to poop next. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it, and I feel like it's all coming out of me. It's it's the sharp sharp Cadian rhythm. <laughs> Yo, make that a shirt. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No. Would I, I, it, would that be a good band name? I don't know. No. <laughs> but uh, no, I actually used food as like that was like my first coping. Be- What's it called? Like in a in a household where there's like really sparse to no love, the first love is food. <laughs> And that was like kind Dude, of... Dude, cheese. Yeah. That was... Yeah. I actually had to get weight loss surgery in 2014. 
I'm still working on it. <laughs> I like, dude. It's it's. Sorry, continue. No, I'm I I I'm done. <laughs> sorry, I I I don't mean I get excited. I don't mean to cut you off. I should be more of an active listener. I'm I'm working on that too. Um, it's a drug. Uh, food can be a drug, mm-hmm. and we we gotta stop beating ourselves up. Um, uh, all right, sorry. No I got, more a, I got a quick question. Yeah. Since your dad works at a funeral home, if a cannibal eats one of the bodies, is that considered processed food? Uh, no, that's considered a de- de- decora- de- desecration of a corpse, which is a different. It's a de- I mean, I don't. I mean, it, yes, it's processed. Sorry. So depending on the on the funeral the funeral direction you go on, um, if you don't like a natural one, you want like the you know the standard. If you know, you know, you want to open casket and whatnot. Yes, technically you're eating processed food. Uh, poisonous, very poisonous. I would not recommend it. If you're going to eat somebody, go the all natural route uh, and make sure they're aware of it too. Like, hey, go into a deal. Hey, man, uh, here's two grand. Can I eat you in a month? Yeah, sure. You know, if it's two consenting adults, I don't see an issue with it. All right. Whoa, that was weird. All right. <laughs> so, I was holding on to that joke for like two minutes, and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have said it. No, it's good. We're good. <laughs> you got to get the dirty laundry out, Chris, all right? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's funny. Come on. That is funny. That was, someone if I get some, unit, It was me. I'm the only one laughing at it, but that was a funny joke. If I get some nasty emails, I will share them with you. But uh, you know, <laughs> nine times out of ten, people forget about it. So, um. So, yeah, eating. Uh, and then this is the last one for this list, um, which is the same thing. Overeating is emotional eating. Uh, I think you, you already touched base on that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we attach it to feel good. Feel good hormones and dopamine releases and serotonin, whatever. And that becomes habitual. Uh, it goes with drinking, sex, gambling, exercise, caffeine, heroin, whatever it is. You can do it for emotional reasons. Um, I mean, if you really don't want to feel, man, I mean, there's there's better and stronger ways to go about doing it. But um, you think over, you know, emotional eating. Uh, and we knew a lot of people growing up, actually, you know, in our in our graduating class that had that that same issue. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're young, you're so unaware of it. You're so unaware of it, and it's accepted. And it's not until you you get into like you know your your mid twenties when you're like, uh oh, uh oh, like a doctor told you, hey, you're killing yourself slowly. That it, it becomes a reality. So again, like emotional eating, it's like alcohol. We've accepted it in society as a necessary evil, and that's and that's a bigger discussion than just mm-hmm. you know, just just for you and for. For yourself, start with yourself. You gotta protect ourselves first. Protect the house first before you start trying to save others. But that's a big discussion that this country, uh, even this world, needs to have because, you know, cancer is the new norm. We're just making that it's just okay. Heart disease and cancer are okay when they don't have to exist. We've made them. You know. Sure, cancers can happen uh, for many different reasons, but the majority of them come from uh, unhealthy diets an entire lifetime. It's it's it sucks, you know. I fucking and, hate it. 
And stress. And stress. Dude, stress. Uh, they, there's, I've, I've read a whole bunch of things like um, having an acidic body. If you have an alkaline body, cancer mm. can't exist. If you have an acidic body, cancer thrives. And I still haven't figured out how to get to an alkaline body. I get drinking alkaline water. I don't know. But um, it's, it's a heart disease kills one in three. And those have been the statistics for years now. So there's two of us right here. The chances of one of us dying of heart disease is like 75 fucking percent. Like it's, it's, it's up there. It's probably you. I'm pretty, I'm, pr- I'm pretty healthy. I'm pretty skinny right now. Dude, Kraft um, cheese. Just, I can't I'm eating, quit I, I'm, the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you. You're like, ah. <laughs> 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 oh shit. You want to talk about some positive coping mechanism? real quick um, yes but can i like i i want to um put not a um i, I want to put a seed in your ear um what's it called if we do an if you do an episode on anger i would like to be on that episode yes um i i am gonna i already have one on anger and temper but it was like my first mm-hmm. episode so i do want to revisit it because you can't just have one episode and, and ah solved cured good to go it's an ongoing discussion. So every topic I go over, I will go over again. It's not it's not like a one and done, like a movie review channel. I have one review, and that's how we feel forever. You know, like, <laughs> no, emotions and thoughts are going to change over time. And I that's, that's the goal of Amongst Friends is to show that change uh, for the better or for the worse over time and just talk about it. Um, you know, reach out to me. Email me, afthepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, I, I got a couple of you who do, uh, reach out to me and I, I, you know, you guys are like my other family, like my new family. Uh, and there is a lot of, I, I love listening and there's a lot of just bouncing back and forth that you can have. So email me AF the podcast at gmail.com. I'll have that. So, uh, those are some negative, uh, coping mechanisms. Uh, there's also, I have another, other list for, and I'll have them uh, shared too, where there's. Um, PTSD, negative uh, coping situations uh, that are more prevalent, like avoiding uh, others, always staying on guard, substance abuse, uh, which we kind of tied in on a little bit through our examples and stories. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there's particular avoidance and there's particular coping mechanisms for many situations, and everyone has a different size foot. So, um, you know, it's, again, take what you want, leave the rest. And, uh, you know, whatever you respond to and react with, be aware of it. You know, it's like yoga, and we'll get into this next episode. Uh, you do yoga a whole bunch, you know how your body feels, and you know what normal feels like, you know what happy feels like, and when something starts to hurt you, you're aware of it, and it's like, whoa, and then, then you go to the doctor or the dentist or whatever you got to do, and get it fixed or you know, get a haircut. I don't know. Um, We'll we'll get into that next week. <laughs> Chris, dude, I've had a fucking blast talking to you. Uh, I like our energy. You make me uh, more flamboyant than I usually am. Um, I guess I'm always kind of flamboyant, but uh, whatever. It, it, it's it's a good banter. It's a good back and forth. You're an easy person. Yes. To talk to. Uh, I I really appreciate it. So I I loved coming on here. I love I like you coming on here too. Coming all yeah. over here. All over here. 
you, you did say you did say I made, made you flamboyant. <laughs> oh God! So uh, we'll we'll set up a time for uh, some time next week. Uh, stay mm-hmm. stay safe. Enjoy going to church on your bike ride. Uh, I continue doing it. <laughs> remember, save some of the Holy Communion for me, baby. <laughs> Guys, have a great fucking day. Have a great night. Be kind to each other. Stop speeding. Why the fuck are you guys speeding everywhere? We're all going to the fucking gas station. Slow the fuck down. The gas station isn't going away from you, right? You'll get there. Slow down. Especially you, the fucking guy in the truck I always see. Flying to get to the fucking stoplight first. Like, cool. Good for you. Awesome. Sorry. Nitpicking. I, 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 I forgive me, guy in the truck. Um, I love you all. Chris, thank you again for being here. Bye.